Welcome to the Grace Life Fellowship Podcast. Today, another edition of Conversations in Grace, and this time Jesse has Pastor Frank with him again to discuss restoration. We hope you enjoy it. Here's Jesse. Welcome, everybody. This is Jesse Sampson, and I'm sitting here joined by our teaching pastor, Frank Friedman. How's it going, Frank? Hey, Jesse. Good to see you. Good. Glad to have you back. Tonight, we want to talk about uh, restoration okay. and what that what that looks like for us. Um, we talked earlier about the scripture in 2 Corinthians where we see the, the jars of clay and how we are we are to be used to be poured into and also to be poured out um and when we look at that let me see let me pull that up uh when we look at that we can see um with what basis we can we can talk about how we received restoration and mm-hmm. reconciliation from god mm-hmm. super yeah i think what i would it's a great thought jesse about the second corinthians 4 you know, when you think of a, a glass, it's one thing to pour into it that's wonderful. I've got a glass full of Coke. But the intention is that it then gets poured out. Mm-hmm. And the words I would use to correspond to that is that we were designed not only to experience God, but to express God to others. Yeah. So that we become, like Paul said elsewhere in Corinthians, the living letters of God so that they can actually look at our lives and go, oh, so that's what mm-hmm. God is like. And, you know, when you go to the Garden of Eden, that's how it was set up. You know, everything was in harmony. Um, Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. Huge issue. <laughs> <laughs> and there was uh, walked with God daily, conversed with God freely in a face-to-face relationship. Harmony, harmony, harmony. And then comes separation, the eating from the forbidden tree. And, you know, it's really interesting. I ask people a lot of times, what's the first thing Adam and Eve did after they sinned? And a lot of Christians mistakenly say they hid from God. Mm -hmm. But that's not the first thing they did. The first thing was they put on fig leaves, hid from each other. And then when God came walking in the garden, they hid from God. So separation is something that occurs now among humanity on a mass scale, in an epidemic scale, uh, between us horizontally. And that is because vertically there's separation separation from God. So there's no way for us to tap into the source of peace and harmony. Therefore, there's no peace and harmony among men. And we end up with... uh, a whole bunch of people who wear masks and hide and live under the fear that, you know, if you knew who I really am, you wouldn't like me. Mm. And uh, it's not conducive to experiencing community. Yeah, that's that that's that secret law creeping in and <laughs> yeah. making us feel like we've got to live up to some impossible standard. Exactly. Yeah. So do we do we do we would we say that our relationship, you know, before we're before salvation Will we say that our relationship with God is broken because we are in Adam? Uh, what does that look like? Are we? 
Yeah, broken. Uh, I like the term separation. Separation, yeah. Um, you know, when I taught my little kids and I drew a, a faucet and uh, I didn't put a handle on it, which is a really fascinating concept to teach a little kid. There's no way you will ever turn off the blessing of God. His heart mm. is to bless. His heart is always to bless, no matter what. In fact, I, I just found a verse in Luke 6 I've never seen. He's kind to the unthankful. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's just his nature. And then you put Second Corinthians 4 that we're little cups. So we were designed to function under that faucet. And we would be filled, but not only filled, overflowing. And it was like that for Adam to Eve. It was like that for Eve to Adam. So they came to each other from a position of fullness, not needing anything yeah. from each other. Huge. I mean, you and I can't even begin to imagine. I mean, I can't imagine a man and a woman living in the same home with no manipulation or control issues. <laughs> but this is the way it was. And so when Adam sinned, I think there were two dynamics. Um, one, they walked out from under that faucet, if you will, they chose another source of life. They chose themselves living under this achieving system of doing right, and not doing wrong. But that's only half the issue. It's not that just that they made a bad choice. It's that there were consequences for that choice. Mm -hmm. And the consequence is their little cup turned upside down. They were incapable of being filled. And so what happened is man goes on a pursuit for life, but no, no, nothing he finds will ever fill his cup. Yeah. And that, and that faucet, that it's faucet's still running. Still pouring. But with your cup's upside down. His cup's upside <laughs> down. That's right. He's, yeah. he is a sinner now. Right. That's and uh, therefore there's that veil between us and God as typified in the temple. Right. You know, the access to God is not there, but I think the flip side of it is equally powerful. God's access to us was not there. He could not be what he wanted to be to us. Right. And that's, that's very tragic. And so then what happens is now we give that same economy to each other and there's, we're just not going to have community until we get it from God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So can our, we have to touch on, you know, after after salvation, can our um, what does restoration look like after salvation? Because we know that mm -hmm. we can. It's not that we're broken; mm -hmm. uh, we've been made new, but we are experiencing brokenness. Can mm -hmm. we say that? In, in what respect, Jesse? Well, uh, I mean, clarify if, your question. If for we me. say that we feel separated from God, or we mm -hmm. feel far from Him, or mm -hmm. you know, we feel that He's absent in our lives, or mm -hmm. we're experiencing um, just feeling distance sure. from God. Um, sure. Can there, is there restoration that happens there? Or? Um, I think what happens there, Jesse, I would put that in a, in a analogy, in a word picture. Uh, that would be like trying to get into a room you're already in. <laughs> yeah. um, it'll drive you nuts right. because you're looking on the outside for what you already have on the inside. And so what we're, what's happening there to that poor individual is they're not believing their beliefs. Um, they are restored mm. through the person and work of Christ. Uh, I may not feel it, but it's true. 
And so in the counseling arena, I give people a mantra. And the mantra is, I know how I feel. And that's important. We want to validate people's emotions. I want to, I want to be able to say, hey, I, I get it. You know, right. I, you're going through some tough stuff and you don't feel loved. I get it. I know how I feel. But what is the truth? Yeah. I don't feel loved, but I am 24-7, 365. <laughs> and so the real battle now becomes the mind to believe that I'm restored completely with nothing to add to it and nothing that can ever detract from it. Right. And then this incredible glory comes in that we get to give what we have. And that's a universal law too. You can't give what you don't own. Right. But once you own it, you can give it away. So if you now have acceptance, you have restoration, you can now become a vessel of restoration and acceptance to others. Yeah. And when I start a counseling situation, that's the first thing I say to them when they come in the door. I'm going to promise with you right now, no matter what you tell me, I will never reject you. I said, I will never condemn you. I will love you. Now, I might not love what you're doing, and we'll talk <laughs> about that, but I'm going to love you. And it's, it's disarming. Uh, it's empowering. Um, I think the ministry of restoration, or we could synonym it, the ministry of acceptance, is one of the most powerful tools we can give another human being on this planet. Yeah. Just letting our cup overflow. Yep. Giving yeah. the acceptance that we ourselves have been given. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's huge. Um, again, you go back to what we talked about earlier. If you really knew who I am and what I've done, you wouldn't love me. Yeah. But if somebody communicates that acceptance and love, I'll become more and more vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in our own lives, that's kind of what happened with Janet and I. Uh, we had a particular occasion where she had mentioned something to me about, you know, she'd never be able to marry somebody like this had done these things. And I'm like, well, that's me. You know? <laughs> so I just didn't say anything. And uh, years later, the Holy Spirit convicted me and I, I brought it to her and I said, baby, you remember this? And she said, no, I don't. I said, oh, good, never mind. <laughs> I said, no, what? And I said, well, I told her. And she says, I said, do you love me? And she said, yes, I do. I said, do you accept me? She said, more than ever. Wow. Well, then that's not all, <laughs> you know? And it brought about a greater intimacy. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at the life of Jesus, man, that is the one thing he gave people acceptance. No. Even his worst enemies were not afraid to come into his presence. Yep. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of maybe a situation. I remember this one person who came to see me years ago and it was like pulling teeth to get out of them, you know, what were the issues. And as they grew more and more comfortable with the fact that I would not reject them, they came to open up more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And I usually see people eight to 12 weeks. I mean, we really don't need any more time than that. You're either gonna get it or you're not. And if you're not, then go take a few more laps around Mount Sinai and come back when you're ready, you know? Yeah. And this one was a long one. It was probably 30, 40 weeks. 
and uh, it was a person's final day. And I said, well, is there anything else you want to say? And they looked at me and they said, yeah, I do. I have one more. I said, okay, what's that? And they said uh, that they had been involved in a homosexual relationship. And I said immediately, I love you and I accept you. Thank you for sharing that with me. Do you want to talk about it? Big old smile on their face and said, you know what? I don't really need to. And by the way, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, so just it, acceptance. Yeah. It was just, just love. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. We don't necessarily accept the behavior, yeah. you know, but we will always accept the person. So we, you wouldn't necessarily see something, not, not, not necessarily homosexuality, but mm -mm. Um, someone who's uh, dealing with a sin or something that's, um, they feel like is keeping them from God. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't necessarily think that, think of that as being separated. Mm. Right. I mean, you would. No. Because once, once, you know, it's a finished work. That's the reconciliation right. is, a, is the finished work. Right. They, the, I use an illustration sometimes, Jesse, and I, I, I rack my brain cause I always want to come up with word pictures. If you look at the way Jesus taught in the gospels, he was always using visuals. You know, he look at this mustard seed. Look at that fig tree over there. Do you see this little kid? And I think Jesus taught like that because in John 1, it says he created us. So if he created yeah. us, he knows how we learn. And so I try to do that same thing is, is take word pictures. The best one I've ever come up with, and it's, it's not great. I, I'd like a better one, is what in the 90s we called the boom box. The big, <laughs> the big radio that would play on batteries so you could take it with you right. or it could be plugged in. Well, to use the words of restoration, we've been plugged back into Jesus, into God, the Father, through Jesus. We will never be unplugged, ever, 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 no matter what we do, 24-7 right. plugged in. But on those boom boxes, there was a little switch, and you could switch to battery power. And that's how I would illustrate what we're doing when we sin. Um, we're switching, choice of the will, to look to other than God for, for life. And it's not going to be life. Right. You know, there's going to be consequences. You'll feel separated from God. You'll feel like a failure. But you're not a failure and you're not separated from God because you're still plugged in. And so that's probably the best way I've ever been ever to illustrate it. And... Uh, you know, we are always abiding, always, 24-7, yeah. 365. And yet, in verb form, Jesus says, abide in me. And I think what he's saying there is, stay put. Yeah. <laughs> stay in me. Right. Don't stay go looking for life oh, yeah. in other things, man, because it's not going to work. Right, yeah. Yeah, you'll never lose my stay abiding, but in. you won't experience it. Right, right. And that's probably the way I'd word it. Yeah, stay plugged in. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So when we talk about, uh, I mean, we've talked about re reconciliation between man and God, mm -hmm. and you mentioned that there's also reconciliation between man and man, exactly. or man and woman, right? Oh yeah. Um, and we see that Matthew five twenty four says to leave your gift on the altar and go and be reconciled with your brother, and it mm -hmm. was about um, giving a sacrifice mm -hmm. and trying to get that restoration between man and God mm -hmm. before you got that restoration between man and man. Right. So how do we how do we apply that in our in our relationships today? I think um it's it's twofold. 
I, I think one is it goes back to that issue of the law. And, you know, when, when Adam plunged us under the law, we all entered into an economy of performing. And Romans 2 tells us that there's not a person on the planet that performs as well as he thinks he should. Mm -hmm. And so that means now I'm defective. I don't like to feel defective. So what's a man going to do? He's going to find somebody who doesn't do it as good as he does <laughs> so that he can judge them and condemn right. them and Lift feel better about up. himself. And so that's <laughs> Luke 18. That Pharisee was, I thank you. I'm not like that guy over there. And it's mean and it's critical. And that's in many respects, the church, you know, because the church doesn't understand the grace of God. Yeah. And so I think what happens is when we understand our identity in terms of I'm a vessel of the life of God, I am a child of God. And I like to take it further. God's the king of kings. So if I'm his child, I'm a son, I'm a son of the king, I'm a prince. And that means that the women I come in contact with, they're daughters of the king, they're princesses. Right. So if we tie that identity and then put to it the fact that I've been freed from the law, well, then I don't have to perform anymore to become something I already am. Right. Then I can give that to somebody else. You know, you don't have to perform to become somebody in my eyes. And there's an amazing verse, you know, in Ephesians 4, where it says, forgive one another as God has forgiven you. So there's something we're supposed to give horizontally because we have first received it vertically. But I don't know why the translators didn't translate it. It's not the normal Greek word for forgiveness, which is aphiomi. It is charizomai, which really should be translated grace others as God has graced you. Huge. Yeah, that, that's way different. Oh, baby. That's way different. God gave you what you didn't deserve. Yeah. So let's now right. you too give others what they don't deserve. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the uh, <laughs> it's kind of like the Our Father. If, you, if in the Our Father it says to forgive others as God has forgiven you, and do we really want you know do we really want God forgiving us like we forgive other people? Mm -hmm. Right, that's mm -hmm. kind of tough. But that when would you be put tough. it, <laughs> but when you put it that way, mm -hmm. you know, just sharing grace with each yes. other and being and, and extending that grace yeah. to to someone else. Yeah. We're all on the level playing field. Yeah. That's the path to true restoration among humanity. Yeah. Um, and anytime we start adding in law, you know, I'm better because I use a King James, or I'm better because I don't drink. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm better because I'm free and I do drink. <laughs> then enters in this idea of competition. And yeah. whenever you have competition, you're gonna have winners and losers, and nobody wants to lose her, so they're all yeah. gonna try to be a winner and welcome to meanness. Right. But if we can eradicate all that economy of performing with an understanding of our true identity, restoration with God, now we have restoration to give to others. And we yeah. build a community. Yeah, and as we and, and we walk through that, it's it strikes me that when we're talking about giving grace, extending grace to others, mm -hmm. that we have to, it's, it's important to remember that it's free. Hey, baby. There you go. In the New Testament, <laughs> what did Jesus say? Freely you have received. Right. So freely, freely give. give away. I, it would be all right if I tell a story. Yeah. Um, years ago, I met a man, and over the course of time, it was revealed to me that he was a former pastor. And uh, he had lost his ministry because he had had an affair with his church secretary. 
And um, I kept trying to build relationship with him. And you know, uh, it took a long time. And finally he came to me and shared his story. And it was not pretty. Uh, the church kicked him out of his office immediately. Not one day went by. Packed up and moved. No severance uh, pay of any kind. Out on the street you go. No attempt of counseling, uh, an attempt at restoration. It was just, hmm. how dare you? Shunning uh, would be a good word, and you're gone. Well, you can imagine this is his memory. And so I did all we could to love on him and grace him and, and treat him as the righteous child of God that he was. And years later, we had a men's meeting. And I approached him and I said, uh, how about sharing your testimony? And, you know, big old white eyes, like, you got to be kidding me. And, <laughs> yeah, I just went through all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's one thing to say it to you, but right. to say it to a group of guys. <laughs> and I said, you know, this group of men has been sitting under the grace of God for a while. And I, I think you need to try it. So he mustered up his courage and he got up there and he shared his story. And he told it all. And when we were done, one guy goes, well, let's pray. And I said, uh, no, we're not done yet. I said, I want everybody to get out of your chairs and come over here right now and lay a hand on this man. And, you know, in the New Testament, the laying on of hands is a symbol of identification. Mm -hmm. We identify with you. Yeah. And then we prayed. And this is what we spoke over that man. Dear brother, for years you have had a memory of how the church treated you when you were discovered in sin. From this day forward, we're giving you a new memory of how the church treated you when what you had done was revealed. Hmm. I said, and this is the memory you're to set your mind on for the rest of your life. Wow. You cannot put a price tag on that, Jesse. Yeah. And this is That's the cool. potential that we have as the body of Christ today. Not taking sin lightly. That's not what we're saying. Right. Um, but restoring people when there's repentance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it was just huge. Wow. It was just a tremendous opportunity to, to minister life. Yeah. Grace. Yep. Restoration. Restoration. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Well, thanks, Frank. Hey, thank you for the privilege. It was a great time. All right. God bless you. All right, that does it for this edition of Conversations in Grace. We'll be back again next Friday with another interesting conversation. And this Sunday at Grace Life Fellowship, Pastor Frank will continue his series, Being Thankful. We'll share that again next Tuesday here on the podcast. Hey, if you're enjoying the podcast, do us a favor, take a minute to share it with a friend or family member. Uh, help us spread the word. We appreciate it, and we'll see you next week.